This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. And you can tell our friends And they can have my things when we're dead But we gonna live forever But we gonna live forever The Boys Cast with Ryan Long Boys, boys, boys The BBB movement Fighting against the matriarchy Showcasing male talents by Putting the matriarchy in its place Fighting against the matriarchy that has infected our lives Infected Western culture And the boys are back a lot of the boys have been talking to me on the streets, you know, coming up. Boys, 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 people have been yelling it. I was running the other day. A guy uh, literally ran right by me, yelled in my ear, and it startled me. I'm going to be honest. I went, ah! <laughs> but it's good to see the boys in the in the zone. They're all over. I was in friggin' Connecticut the other day, and someone came up uh, when I was getting on the... I'll, I'll tell you I'll, I'll tell you about the trip. But you know what? Let's, let's slow it down here for a second. Because we're going to talk about some real problems. But before we do that, if you don't mind, I haven't asked you this before. Please leave a review of the podcast. Leave a boys, boys, boys on the iTunes review. A comment on the YouTube. YouTube.com slash the boys cast with Ryan Long. Post a photo. Get this popping. Lots of cool things happening. Now, we're going to talk about something this week that always comes up. And I'm going to give a full boys analysis. The real deal. Not that, you know... Not your grandmother's analysis, not your sister's analysis, not some chick's analysis, and not the media's analysis. Is there a war on comedy? So Bill Burr did his Saturday Night Live, SNL, and there were a lot of people that were unhappy with it, and there were a lot of people writing articles about the fact that they're unhappy with that. And is this real? Is there actually a war on comedy or not? And... There's lots going on. There's lots of things going on here. First of all, I saw Bill Bird do that monologue at the stand. And I thought out of the gate, when he showed up, he showed up to the stand. I was doing uh, Legion of Skanks and he came afterwards and they were like, hey, can the audience stick around? Because they're going to do, he's going to do his monologue because he's kind of doing going around the city trying to practice it. And it was a little more aggressive. And this is the first thing that I saw, thought when I saw it out of the gate. Bill Berg's SNL monologue was Fairly tame in a lot of ways. If you want to be completely honest, I, I thought it was cool. I was like, Bill Burr's a great comedian. And I got to talk about, I talked to him for a second because he posted my videos and stuff like that. And I thought that was cool. And he's like, super nice dude. But the idea that this was somehow this insane, you know, thing. The truth is, if you want to talk about like reasonable stances, for example, this is probably what he said, you know, white women are kind of, you know, taking over the white woke movement. That's probably like one above, you know, what's reasonable. 
if you want to be completely honest. Like, stances that you can take when you say, like, this whole thing's bullshit would be pretty, you know, aggressive. And then there's levels of aggression. Saying that, like, white women are have been ruining the the movement is is basically one above the acceptable take in a lot of ways it is the acceptable take if it came from the right vessel if some you know black dude went on snl and he's like white dudes are taking over our model our 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 movement everyone would be completely fine with that so i don't want to fall into the trap where people on twitter complain and then more articles are written about it. I'd say whenever I'm right, you know, doing something in a sketch, whenever I'm doing something, uh, talking about something on the podcast, I don't like to find one unique case. Like if my point is that people are mad about Bill Burr article, I didn't really see very many articles getting mad about it. I saw one or two, I saw mostly people on Twitter. What I did see was a lot of articles saying that, you know, people have a problem with Bill Burr's monologue. The Twitter storm is out of control. And it's like the breastfeeding thing the other way around where you see way more articles about, you know, people being mad. This is what like feminists did. There was all of these articles about like men have a problem with breastfeeding. And you're like, there isn't a, almost a single article about men being like, put your tits away. No one cares. That's the honest truth. And if they do care, they don't want to do anything about it. You know, it's kind of like. A lot of these in in Canada politics, there's a lot of uh, politicians that are like, I'm like, you know, wouldn't have an abortion personally and I'm against it, but I don't have no interest in like uh, making that policy and I don't have interest in fighting it or fighting that fight. And it's just not my platform. I'm not going to get anything to do with it. It's like a lot of guys may be like, see a girl with her tits out and be like, yeah, that's a lot. But the fact of the matter is they don't care if they do it and they go, yeah, I mean, whatever, pull your tits out in the supermarket. I've talked about that before. But with this, it kind of is starting to feel the other way where people were complaining on Twitter. But it, is this cancel culture? Is this cancel culture or is this just people getting mad? In a lot of ways, if you see someone being like, this sucks or whatever, the truth is that would have been, you know, 15 years ago, someone watching TV at their house. They see a monologue they don't like. They go, I don't like this. Yeah, yuck. And then you talk about that with your, you know, if you if you didn't like Bill Burr, if you're a dude, you talk about that with your boyfriend or whatever it is. But the truth is, I saw far more articles about why people were mad. And I'm going to, this is my hypothesis. And I'm going to go deeper into this and I'm going to talk about a lot of things that surround it. But my deeper hypothesis is this isn't cancel culture. People being mad about this and people being mad on Twitter isn't cancel culture. What that was is there's a lot of people that now just voice their opinions online. They used to complain with their friends, like I said, and now they get to write on Twitter. Bill Burr sucks. This is a misogynist. Because they're, you know, they have this stupid ideology where anything they don't like is that. But that that's okay. But the the reason this is happening, in my opinion, is because they, no one wants to be against cancel culture when it's real. No one wants to be against it when someone's getting canceled on anywhere near the margins. What they like to do is people like the idea that they are against canceling. So Bill Burr, who's an industry player, who's widely respected, what a brave stance to come out and say, if you're offended by Bill Burr, yo, you can F off. It's like, yeah, 
because you know everyone can stand behind that you know the comedy industry likes him the industry industry likes him he's a well-respected you know one of the greatest comedians of all time by most standards so for you to come out and some people were mad on twitter and then you get to go look at these idiots they're they're like they don't even get comedy and it's like no that's not really what's happening i think what's really happening is people like to be against canceling when it's an acceptable target it's, and the truth is, if Bill, if it turned on Bill Burr and people didn't like him anymore and he became Louis C.K. in that sense, you would see every single person change their opinion. They go, I actually, you know, I agree. Bill Burr's the worst. He's massages now. He always has been. Whereas this was more just like people, a small sect on Twitter. Like, I was watching articles where they would list, I'm going to go through them, but they list off, you know, some tweets. And it's like, this is a guy's tweet. This is just a dude's tweet. That isn't news. That isn't news that someone tweeted that they don't like something. So if I was to say, you know, if I was, if someone tweeted, I don't like friggin' pants, I don't get to write an article being like, you know, Twitter is outraged by pants. And this is what people like Fox News do. And there's a lot of, you know, conservative Patrick that I do the podcast with, he calls them Con Inc., conservative Inc. (laughs) But, or just normal people. You know, I see that with my parents. I've said this with Christians. They're all like, you can't say anything anymore. And I'm like, you're the exact same way. You just have different targets. So everyone likes the idea that they're against canceling. So when this happens, they see it as their shot to be the good guy. They can be like, oh, cool. I get to be the like, I didn't think this was outrageous because the truth was it wasn't. He did kind of like a rape joke on SNL and he sort of, you know, talk shit about me too a little bit. And I'm not saying it wasn't like, you know, the dude's 50 or whatever. And I think the monologue that he did was fairly aggressive. You know, it wasn't like your standard monologue, but it was, it was by no means crazy. This was in a comedy club. It would be tame in the modern podcast world. This would be tame in terms of what me and my friends are doing. These are not aggressive stances. It's like one above They're They're saying white men are the problem. You're like white women are bad too. Not that crazy. And one of the reasons I, I think that sometimes you know, the same thing. Bill Burr's so famous, he gets he gets hate from some side from being, he's like, you know, cucking out sometimes, which he's not. And I think that sometimes that other people, you know, say he's gone too far. And the truth is, he's kind of in the Ovalton window in like a pretty standard way that people are fine with. It's like, this is the way that like, you know, Ben Shapiro, the truth is he's acceptable. The industry doesn't care about him. They kind of like him, you know? He's okay, this is, he's not saying anything too crazy. It's like, what they don't like is people that push it past that. And maybe he's, you know, participated in moving the thing a little bit. But no one's, no one cares about that, really. Because they know how to combat it. They know what Bill Burr is. They're like, as long as it kind of stays there. And, but what I would say about Bill Burr, I, I, and aside from one of the, being the greatest comedians, I think you always have to look at what people are as a human being. And the same way with, like, artists, I always say, they'll go, oh, this guy's a sellout and he's playing acoustic guitar songs. But, you know, if that's a pussy, that's his thing. I don't, like, some people have this, like, punk rock sort of fight the power, you know, don't sell out, don't have it. I don't think he, I think this is a, you know, a guy from Boston that's naturally, you know, he's described himself as, like, the loudest guy in the bar sort of thing and has it very opinionated and talks the way that he would talk on a, you know, in a construction site. I don't think he has the, 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 the world of the worldview that like, you know, it's good to like do this alternative path and screw the industry. I don't think he really thinks that. I think those two types of people are parallel travelers in a lot of way. 
So if you're punk rock and if you have this like screw the system, all this, whatever it is, like kind of natural fight against authority and you're a guy that's like just naturally like saying controversial things because you're that type of person, you're, you end up being parallel travelers in a lot of ways. And that's kind of what I see Bill Burr. So I think a lot of ways he was, those people were so aligned. And then when Bill Burr didn't align with them, cause he's like, no, nah, I want to make, you know, I'm making TV shows. Like I'm a family. Whoa. Yeah. I'm going to ruin my career for you. Like get the fuck out of here. I just don't think he was that guy. He's like a norm, you know, I think that he probably thinks that people should get jobs and, you know, work hard and, you know, live some sort of an honorable life. Whereas, you know, someone maybe more like me is like, yo, cause shit. <laughs> so there, there's, you know, some people have different things. So I don't think that Bilber by any means is like changed or anything like that. I think he sometimes just people might not be seeing what he is. That he was representing for us the guy that was saying the things we want to say. And then he stopped saying exactly what you want to say. And I think people didn't like that. He's just trying to be a comedian. Now, is there a war on comedy? The answer is sort of yes. But the more important answer is that there's just a war on everything. There's a war on your job. There's a war on the universities. There's a war on everything. These people want to take over everything. And you can't negotiate with them because they're terrorists. So you're negotiating with terrorists if you try. But comedy is just a part of that. And you cannot be the person that like starts lying about it just because it's like fun. You know, all these news stations, they're, they, the, the, the 40 articles, 50 articles, I, I honest to God think I'm start, I started to see more about this than there were people mad. I saw more people saying, can you believe that people are mad? Then we're mad. Now, there are real people that are trying to stop things that are happening at the margins. And everyone has their version. The truth is everyone's at cancel culture at a certain point. But the argument is it's way too far. The truth is no one was really trying to cancel them. I don't think there was any actual push for that. And I think everyone was kind of fine with what happened. I'll tell you an example that happened this weekend where it was real. <laughs> where it was like legitimate. So I did Fight Club, which Gas Digital does these fight clubs. And me, I, they asked me to judge them a lot. So I came and judged with Danny and uh, Chloe LeBronge and, and Chris from Brooklyn. And the three or four of us were there. And Fight Club is like people yell at each other. And this lady came and she flipped out, grabbed them, you know, grabbed the microphone. She was like trying to shut it down. She started yelling and screaming during the show. And then I'll tell you what we said too. And then on top of that, then the next day she called the bar. She called everything. It was like, this is a person that didn't want this happening. Someone tweeting on Twitter. If she just tweeted on her own thing, I didn't think that was very funny. This is all oh, that, that bar should do better. But this person was actually trying, going, trying to get them cut down. And I think that if you heard the jokes, like here's being example, there was, and it, it is a very multicultural thing because there's like, literally it was like a black guy and an Asian dude, one battle. And it one round went really long and the jokes were really long. And then Danny Polishuk said that was the longest 18, eight, eight minutes and 46 seconds of quarantine. And she didn't like that. That's, that's what, that's what got her started. And then she came up and started yelling at me and grabbed the mic. And then what I said, she, because someone said, uh, basically someone said a joke that this brown guy wanted so much attention that he wears a turban and starts screaming death to America every September 10th. And she's like, this is crazy, blah, blah, blah. I'm a, I do not like this happening. And then I went up to her. I go, she go, I'm like, hey, later, if you want to grab the mic, tell some jokes. I'm like, whatever, trying to riff with her or whatever. And then she was like, well, no, tell your jokes. And I go, okay, lady, I'm just about to, all I wanted to say, well, you tell me if it's good. All I wanted to say is what 
I do on September 10th is I go to Williamsburg and I start telling the Orthodox Jews to please don't do it in my area this time. And she goes, I can't believe this. And she tweeted and she posted on the thing. She fucking went to the place. She called, left them a message. What she doesn't know is that a comedian owns that bar and he doesn't give a shit. So this happens a lot of times where they call the comedy clubs and they're like, get rid of it. You're like the comic is like their friend. And a lot of these comedy club owners are like fairly free speech. This is what she wrote. She said, Ryan Law on comedy, you and your fellow judges making the most asinine and unfunny racist comments to get a laugh. Which, which is it? Are they unfunny comments or did they get a laugh from your island of Staten Island bros? Probably the most multicultural thing in like all of comedy is these roast battles. It's 2020. This shit hasn't been funny in 20 years. We were crushing. V-Spot is hosting crap like this. Alex Carbono owns V-Spot. He's a comic. We have the entire NYC entertainment industry out of work and you can't find anything better than this cheap racist crap. And... The truth is, I'm not. I've never been the biggest fan of roasts because it, you know, it usually started out as like people are not do this to the people that they're nice to. You roast them like you roast your buddy, and then it sort of turned into when like Comedy Central took it over. It sort of t- turned into Hollywood gets to tell people what they deserve, you know. When they brought Trump in there, I remember when they brought Ann Coulter and it was just kind of like everyone being like, she's a stupid, ugly bitch or whatever. You know what I mean? It was everyone being like, ha, 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 you know, that kind of laughing where it's just like, finally, someone said, yeah, yeah, get her. And so it, it, the spirit of the roast was not funny. I, I never thought that was great. But in, in terms of like this comment, you go, <laughs> it all boils down to, you know, she says this is the entire N- N- NYC entertainment industry's out of work. So basically what you're saying, first of all, none of these people are getting paid. They're scum. These people are scum. There's open mics and digging this roast. I like a lot of these people, but you know what I mean. This is not some like paid gig that people are making money at. And it always boils down to she's like, give these other people a shot. And it's not either or. This didn't happen where they started this roast and then they everyone applied and all the nice people applied, but they're like, we picked all the racist people. It's like, no, that's the nature of this game. And everyone's friends and everyone jokes around like they have friends. This, you know, 45-year-old white woman, the type Bill Burr is talking about, a Karen, if you will, isn't doesn't have friends. She's not a man. She's a woman. She operates how a woman operate. And that's a thing. That's what they do. Is they try to go behind afterwards and get because they don't get their way. So then they try to, you know, go behind and get it canceled. They try to get it canceled behind the scenes. And this is happening a lot. I'll tell you how acceptable making fun of white women are. This is Vice. Emily in Paris captures the worst of American white girls abroad. Darren Starr did this before on Sex in the City. Why is he so obsessed with entitled white women acting grossed out by other cultures? It's already got there. Every blog that was like white men are the problem has slowly gotten to the fact where they're like white girls are bad too. Naturally. Obviously, you move up the oppression pyramid, especially once everyone leaves your game because you need people that care about what you're saying. You know, if you go to a bunch of guys now and you're like, white men are the worst, we're all just like, yeah, good. You can't hang out with us. (laughs) Fine. Yeah. Don't come hang out with us. Enjoy hanging out with your other thing. We'll start our own thing. And that's what happened. So they're like, white women are bad then. And you know, so what Bill Burr's saying 95% of people agree with it. The super aggressive part of Twitter doesn't. These are the comments. Bill Burr is trash and has always been trash. You're allowed to think that. You know, that's fine. And these are, and this is the article saying this. They, this is, and I saw two different articles. Like I said, they had the same tweets. They handpicked the same, like the one guy just like tweeted as like Bill Burr. And now he's in like 40 articles. (laughs) 
They say, the funny man also came out swinging against COVID-19. As he opened the show joking, take out your weak cousin with asthma. I don't care. That's too many people. It stops you from reproducing. Always funny when they, you know, transcribe jokes like that. And then Hoya like that shot back as the weak cousin with asthma. I found your monologue insensitive and appalling. You don't know what it's like to live with this disease. This is, you know, this is what's been happening since the beginning of time. Everyone's like, they go to a comedy show and you're making fun of polio and they go, ha ha. And then you make fun of their disease and they don't like it. You know, you make fun of the fact that someone has the disease of being born a woman. And then they go, not my thing. So this is just standard, always been happening. But now they have a Twitter account. Jokes were in poor taste, not funny. As a gay man in an interracial relationship, we were both offended and turned the channel. Who approved that monologue? Perfect. Turn the channel. I don't see any problem with any of this. I really don't. The, and the truth is, that's fine. You know, some of these people even said, I'm not against cancel culture, but this and this. This isn't cancel culture, but they are against. They are for cancel culture. Let's be very clear. These people are 100% for cancel culture. This may not be it. But the truth is, I, like I said, most people are. They just like to pretend they aren't. That's why it's good to have your own fucking principles about this stuff. Someone else says, damn, Bill Burr is terrible. A joke about how queers shouldn't have gay pride month. You suck mightily. These people don't get comedy, and that is okay. What the, You know, you could also write an article being like, thousands of people tweeted that they liked it. And they focus on this. Hey, here's a million tweets from people that thought the monologue was sweet. And here's a, a bunch of other tweets of people that were like, yeah, pretty funny. It was like in a comedy club. So they don't do this with, you know, you don't do this with anything else. It's not like every time a movie comes out, people are happy. I'm mad on Twitter, they say. And one thing I will say is it happens. This does happen more with comedy because comedy is fighting back a bit. And, you know, sometimes it overcorrects the other way, just like this whole thing overcorrected one way and now it's overcorrecting the other way. But you don't see a lot of, you know, every time a movie comes out and two people tweet they don't like it saying Twitter hates this movie. The new Avengers is a critical flop. And it's like Joe from, you know, Joe from Alaska says not a fan. You know, and then we've got a guy in Delaware that says, I thought that it moved too fast. So it's like you only do this when it comes to offensive stuff because this is what's on everyone's brain. But the truth is, a couple people not liking it is not news. And I don't think it warrants these articles by news.com's entertainment section. They say his offensive monologue causes an uproar on Twitter. It's like, did it cause an uproar? I thought it caused mostly a positive uproar. Bill Burr's SNL monologue, Pride Month is hilarious or homophobic. Bill Burr's SNL monologue and Twitter lost its shit. This is what they're saying. So this to me is places like Medium and, you know, who kind of, I can't even figure out whether they're, I feel like they go back and forth on what they are. Advocate, news. These places being like, we're impartisan, but everyone's flipping out. They're crazy and we're not. I saw a lot of comedians even and people in entertainment being like, if you're mad about Burr, then you can suck it. And I th I'm like, most of these people, I'm like, you're not like, a, you know, you would not be the person that's saying that uh, Google shouldn't be deplatforming people that I, if I told you a lot of things that people said, you go, especially when you hear the highlights, if they showed you, you know, some of these, like someone like Owen Benjamin or something, and you go, Hey, do you think they should have took him off? They'd be like, and you showed them some highlights that they didn't like. They'd be like, hell yeah, get rid of that guy. But then they're like, you're wrong for canceling Bill Burr. And you're like, Again, I, you don't realize that is like a pretty standard opinion. You go anywhere across the country, what Bill Burr said, 
might be less. They might go further. But in far as mainstream comedians, in terms of people that are on SNL doing a monologue, fairly aggressive. And I'm going to do a little more of a synopsis of the SNL, of what I thought of it in general, because there's a lot of talk about that on the Patreon. But you know who's getting canceled? Like, actual people. I have free I have friends in Toronto that are essentially, like, banned from comedy for what things that they've said. I had a buddy that mentioned BLM recently, and he got banned from the comedy club. He didn't. He wasn't pro. He wasn't against. He used it in a joke. And then they ratted him. Someone, specific person in Toronto ratted him out, and now he's now banned from that club. See what I'm saying? So the truth is, like, Ben Shapiro isn't canceled. Trump isn't canceled. George from friggin' your office gets canceled. And that's what I know lots of people that have been fired or reprimanded or in all sorts of trouble. And that's who's in trouble. The smaller people. So I know it's representative, but it's you can't just fake it. You can't be like, everyone's so mad. Then everyone just looks at it and goes like, what are these people? Compl-? They're always complaining. They always talk about cancel culture. Bilber's killing it. You know, you become the, the oppressor at that point. You're oppressing their opinions by saying that like something that 90% of people were fine with. There's no repercussions. No one's mad. No one's talking about deplatforming. And then you go to Twitter and you go, look at these idiots. You become the oppressor in that scenario. And it actually makes it worse for the next time when there's someone that's actually in trouble. And then you go, oh, all the cancel culture lies. Not for him. Bill Burr was fine. The only way they can get these, those big, huge comedians or big, famous politicians is with sex stuff. Really? Anything else? They're usually fine. Another reason there's more comments than articles on the Bill Burr article. One, people are afraid of him. So like I said, if people do have problems with Bill Burr, they're afraid of him. They're not going to say it. No one wants, no one talks shit about Louie for years. No one. They loved him. Every single one. Favorite comedian. Greatest of all. That's what they all say. Until he's out of vogue. And then they get to say, always hated him. No comedian. Like, they don't have the guts to say Bill Burr. They follow. Most people just follow what everyone else says. Oh, we're liking him now? Great. We're, oh, he's out? I thought that was offensive. That's the, that's the line that most people live their lives on. They also don't want to attack SNL because they're afraid of SNL and their followers. Some of those people are just tweeting about Bill Burr because they're they have they're professional complainers, a lot of them, and not much is going on because of COVID. So they have no choice but to cancel like to complain about Burr. There's not, not enough stuff's going on, you know? Before they were working, people were coming out with movies at a faster rate. There was shows, there was comedy specials they can complain about. They could go to comedy clubs and complain. They could just, there's people doing so much more stuff to complain about. Now they got to get their fix from Bill Burr. They got to be like, I don't like Bill Burr. They got to get their fix. The truth is they know it wasn't bad. It was, it was, it would have to do. They're like, I guess we can find this offensive (laughs) because they've run out of stuff. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another real cancelers recently where the Stan comedy club did uh, uh, did a sh- like a little uh, podcast and it was raining. So they had a couple of people inside. 
comedy bloggers, which whatever that is. I've started calling these people cancel bloggers. I think that's the correct phrase for them, people that are cancel bloggers. They started posting about this show was online and they started tagging the city. The same reason there's lots of people that tag YouTube. There's famous people that tag YouTube and go, get this guy kicked offline, that they are smaller than. No one shoots up, they shoot down. Do you see any famous people? Where, where are all the famous people that have problems you know, when Bill Burr does, nowhere. They're going to find some guy that's new up and coming with, you know, 50,000 followers. And that's who they're going to target. Because these people, they just, it's a power thing. They like, they like to take people out. So this guy started reaching out to the city and saying, hey, they had a thing indoors. No, 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 no. The city needs to reprimand them. And this is a real problem for them. They might get their license taken away. They like now they're not going to be able to do it. This is someone that says they like comedy, and they're dedicating their life to stopping it. They're cancel bloggers. That's what they do. And I don't even want to. I'm not even going to say their names because I don't like to justify their existence. But that's what's going on. Some of those adult swim dudes have done exactly what I said. They Dick Masterson. You know some of the people that have shows there, or whatever. They all like ganged up and they said this guy needs to be kicked off. They got his Twitter taken away. No one's going to hear about that. And you're not going to see any articles about that. You're not going to see all of these places that say we're outraged. Twitter's outraged. Where is the outrage when it actually happens to someone that has 20,000 Twitter followers and they just make him disappear? Where's their outrage about Alex Jones? Someone on the margins. They don't have it because you don't care. You like to see cool. You like to feel cool for two seconds. Bill Burr. Yeah, of course. No shit. And at the end of the day, none of these people are offended. They see these as their enemy. These are nerds that don't like people in their space. And they especially don't like people in their space when they feel like it's kind of a jock, more masculine thing. So the feminine way to operate is have them removed. Are they removed? Are they having them removed because they're offended? No. They have them removed because they want to recruit. They want, they have a world that they'd like to see. And it doesn't include these people and they want them to disappear. (laughs) And the press does more damage in these situations when they when they get involved. I, I, I was, listen, the, I talked about the presidential debates. I didn't watch the vice presidential debates. And the truth is like, what am I watching fucking vice presidential debates? No, but I was here and I was editing and my chick was watching them in the other room. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not watching the vice president debates. I don't give a shit. It's, I, I, but I popped in for a second and I saw the fly on the head. Now, I, honestly, all I thought was like, yeah, this is going to be annoying to watch. Everyone tweet about that's the first thing I go. Gonna be a lot of fly jokes coming. But the there was two seconds of I watched watched it for two seconds. I go, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. There was uh there's a couple of funny parts like uh Pence, they asked him about abortion, he talked about ISIS. Like they're both professional question dodgers, you know what I mean? <laughs> they, at one point, and then they're arguing I watched like five minutes, then they're arguing over who's more religious. I'm more religious, like I'm actually religious too, and they're they're arguing more who I'm okay, I'm done with this. And I go, okay, whatever, who gives a shit? And then I go back, I'm editing. I'm listening to the fucking news after and they go, the, the friggin' media comes on and they're like, they need to talk about how she's a woman and this is a woman and she is being treated different because she's a woman and we don't have women in politics. You go, the last person running for president was a woman. You have now one in the debates right now that's a woman. There's plenty of people. What do you, what the fuck? I literally was like, Trump, mega. <laughs> that's how I feel when I see these people. So if you have 50,000 articles being like, these cancel, everyone's trying to cancel everyone. And it was like, and it's all based on like crying wolf. 
It's if I think it would make people feel the other way, but that's how I felt. I was like, it, the media does so much more harm. And that's, it's like how sublime fans ruin sublime. You know what I mean? It's the same way. It's like you find out what it looks like because people like bands and people like culture and people share videos. You know, this is a big part of the psychology of when you're making videos of why they share them. But what they, what's something that it says about themselves? I'm the type of guy that likes this or whatever. You know, I, I'm the type of guy that likes this band. And if you look around and the type of guy that likes this band's a bunch of losers, you go, I'm out. And that's what's kind of happening with all this stuff. You look around and you go, you go, I don't know, maybe she did okay. And then the, the, the media is like, we all love her. And you women are the best and men suck. You go, ah, I don't want to be that. So I'm out. And you don't, I don't want to be a complainy cancel culture guy, you know. So it's, it has to be real. And it is real. So you don't need to find fake things. It's very real. But it's everywhere. Is it a war on comedy? I think it's a war on everything. So you don't want to be like reverse feminists. You know what I mean? <laughs> my, you know, my boyfriend's always mad. I, and then just like break up or don't, right? You know, and I, I feel like I'm in this conversation with a lot of people where they're always just mad about this stuff. You know what I mean? And you have to be, I get being mad when it's real. But more importantly, like, I don't think, like, you know, I've found a lot of way to find this funny and remove myself from this scenario. But it's like, if you have a scenario where you're just always mad, if you have a girlfriend that's just like, always like, you know, anti-men, anti-this, like at some point it's, you know, either get it under control or leave. You know, it's the, it's, like I said, it's the girl that has the boyfriend and he's just like the worst and he hits me and this, it's like, you, you can hear that someone talk about that four or five times, but at some point it's like either leave or don't. And it's one thing making fun of something with your friends because it's funny. But if you always just have the same problem, I get it if you have a job and this is affecting you. But the truth is you're one person. And if, it's, if, if you have a job, for example, where it's like crazy, you're a white person and it's crazy diversity initiatives. It's crazy women pushes. And you feel like this isn't going to work for you. At some you should probably leave. Like at some point you do have to take the thing into your own hands. I I lived in an industry that fucking gaslights you where you go destroy people on stage and then they go, this person's like the new comedian. You're like, that person stinks. So, you know, I moved to a new country. I moved to a new genre. I moved to a new type of thing. You know, there's lots of ways to make it work. There's always, there's always a way. But if you want to be a, like, I think you can't just complain all of the time. I have like... People that always complain at work that they're too busy, right? They're, you, know, you ever seen someone that they're just always too busy? They're always operating over capacity. I'm always operating at 70, you know, 70% higher than what I should. Just always, be, and it never stops. And you go, at some point, you need to step back and look at your system's bad. Your system's bad. You should be operating at 10%. Like, I get being super busy for two weeks. Where you go, this is like a rush right now, and I do. But if that's your entire life, you need to make some changes in your life. So if you're always mad and you're always looking for things to be mad about, you also need to make changes in your life. You can't just be the reverse feminist as a man. The guy that's just always, these people. <laughs> you can't be the female singer, which is, I'll put my hand on a, how do you change a light bulb? You put your hand on a light bulb and you wait for the world to change around you. If the girls in your thing are annoying and they're trying to, you know, monitor what you say, don't hang out with girls. Win-win. <laughs> a lot of these people too, th the truth is they like, 
will do anything to avoid actually doing comedy. So you see a lot of people in the industry, a lot of people in all industries, and they're doing everything they can. It's the modern version of sleeping your way up the, up the ladder is where they think they can like victim and shame their way up the ladder. They used to, you know, girls used to like fuck a dude for a job, <laughs> some of them. And now they're like, what I can do is remove the guy above me, like an old medieval like power play. I can remove the guy above me. I can, you know, fall, put myself in like a class and then make that class. You know, you try to do all that sort of stuff. Everything other than doing the thing. They don't give a shit about comedy. They're trying to, they don't give a shit about any job. They're trying to move up the thing. Paul Thompson said a, a really good quote that I always liked when he was arguing with one of these people and they were saying that something he said is problematic or whatever. And he said, listen, at the end of the day, I make people happy and you make people sad. You make people sad and you make their lives worse. And I make people laugh and I make people happy. And I thought that was like, it's so fucking true about all these things. But that's what happens when you actually care about the thing. And yeah, I saw that this weekend. I went four out. I did this show out of the city. Sold out. You know, we sold out this place. I did friggin', you know, you make people laugh. You take pictures with everyone. You have fun. You talk to people and everyone's like, oh, this is so fun. It's, it's, and everyone's having a good time and no one's happy. But these people, they'll, they don't care about that. They don't get that. They want to, you know, move through the thing and make people sad and ruin this guy's life and ruin this guy's life. And that all boils down to the fact that they don't want to fucking put any work in. They don't want to get good at the thing. I wake up and I go to sleep thinking about comedy and everything else. The truth is to the point where I don't know if you've had that idea ever in your life where you're just doing so many things at once that <laughs> that your head, you're losing track of stuff. You know, I, I used to go up and I remember when I was at my worst in Toronto, I would go up to my condo to get my keys and then I would forget the keys and then I would go back to my car without the keys and then I would go up a second time to get the keys and then I'd walk down to my car and I forgot the second time. The other day, as mentioned, I went to the store and I went, walked to the, went to the store, walked around the store, walked home, didn't get what I bought. Now, because like I have so many things like, kicking around in my brain, doing normal things for me is like a nightmare sometimes. That's why like chicks will be like, hey, let's go to like a, let's go like a trip, you know, let's fly somewhere. Let's uh, go to a cottage, go jet skiing. And I'm like, hell, 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 hell. <laughs> that is all a nightmare to me. I would like to get together with the boys and talk shit. That sounds fun to me. If I'm getting planes, I went to, this is what happened. These are my, I went to, first of all, I went to get, uh, I went to go to the, the rent a car. I get there. I realized I didn't have my license. I Uber back home, get my license. Can't find it. So I'm just like, I don't have a license now, which is going to be a nightmare because I guess I somehow have to get a license in Canada, which I can't cause I'm not there. And then once I somehow did get that, which I can't cause I can't go back, I would have to come back to America and then I would have to uh, trade my American Canadian license in and get an American one or whatever, but that's not going to happen. So I just don't have a license anymore. So I was like, shit. I call a friend. I was like, Hey, can I borrow your car? And he was like one second. Then he was like, Oh, you can't cause of this and this was lying for sure. And then, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't get one that. So I was like, okay, if I looked at the bus times or whatever, it wasn't going to get me in the time. I just took a $450 Uber there like an idiot this is the second time i did that out of the last four trips i've done two of them i botched so bad that in the whole time i'm just like so flustered i'm an idiot I, you know i should just cancel but i can't because there's a, it's a sold out show and people waiting for me so i have to just just go there and then on the other time 
<laughs> and on the way, on the way back, I have to take a bus. I take the wrong one, so it takes like ninety stops. So I'm taking an eight-hour bus back. And then when they stopped, I went to I went to get something to eat, and I guess they said they were stopping for two minutes. I thought they said they were stopping for twenty minutes. I go to get food. I come back to the bus. They're leaving, and then they stopped, and they came sent someone back to get me. And everyone on the bus was mad at me. They're like, "What the hell, dude?" And someone just said like, "Hey, I think the guy beside me is not back yet," because <laughs> I said I'll be right back, and I left my coat there and stuff like that. And then the whole thing was like such a nightmare that like, I'm just like, I get home and I'm just like, yuck, I never leave my house. I will do comedy in the city. Or if I'm doing tours, you put your head in that space. You go, okay, forget about everything else. I go like my schedule. I have my map. I have my shows. I have my plane tickets. This is what matters to me. But when I'm doing all this other stuff at once, it's hell, 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 hell. I can only, <laughs> I can only focus on this. So doing anything important is a life of sacrifice in many ways, whether that's an entrepreneur, whether that's you want to be like, a, I don't know, a professional butt cleaner. It's a life of sacrifice. And you have to want that. That's why no one should be pushed into being in entertainment. No one should be pushed into being a professional athlete. No one should be pushed into being an entrepreneur. Most people can't handle that life. So most people shouldn't even be doing any of this stuff. They should be working in a friggin' Kinko's. Which is why I hate the word content, you know, because I like the thing. I don't care about all the stuff. I like making the stuff. I like making, trying to create the body work. So when people go like, oh, you're making content? I'm like, no, I'm not a factory. Like I'm making a video. So like when I die, I think I have a body of work that I think is cool. I'm not making content. I'm not fucking BuzzFeed. And so people weren't really that mad about Bill Burr. That was false. But people are trying to take over everything with an ideological slant. And they've decided that already, just like with the judge. They're like, you know, we hate this judge. We already know that. And then, you know, it's like, we'll find the things. And lo and behold, they found a bunch of things. And I think that part of it does naturally make you want to fight everything. So it's like any little thing you're kind of, you know, you see three people on Twitter and I get why they'd be like, look at these idiots. But it's, it's, it's a little more complicated than that. But when they are, and they are, you can see how frigging annoying it is. Dude, I have a friend who had a company that they went to like this bank seminar. And the bank seminar, what they do is they, every year they tell how a bank could run better. And they talk about, you know, literally like what amount you should have on reserve versus the interest rates and, you know, who you should hire and what schools, all this stuff that like, how to run a bank? He said this year he went, the only thing they talked about is diversity and women, how to get more women there, how to hire more people of color, how you can be more sensitive in the workplace. Zero things about being a bank, <laughs> not a, not a single thing about being a bank. And when people have real problems. Like, for example, me, not have a license, or your business got shut down in the pandemic, it is even fucking more ridiculous. Just on a basic level, you go, okay, let's say I just got, you have a problem with your wife, or she has a problem with you, and you want to tell her that she's got to make these changes. Is the day she got fired from her job the time? Is this the time for their bullshit? And they've ramped up the bullshit because it's an election. So I get being sensitive to it and being like, birds up to these people. I, the other day, I was not in the, not in the mood. I get the idea of the, the slightest little bit of someone being like, hey, I think you're saying little, the wrong things on your podcast. Like, well, you can suck my fucking cock because I was not in the mood. I, I've been positive for the most of quarantine, to be completely honest. I think I've stayed fairly positive. 
But the other day, I started, I got, I, you know what, I think what triggered it is the, I mean, so the gist of what I'm saying, if, if I'm not being clear enough, is I'm the pandemic. I'm, I was getting friggin' mad about it. The idea that it's like enough is enough. The damage that is being done, the, the amount of people that I know that are straight up depressed, the amount of people that their businesses are closing down and they'll never open back up. I did Thanksgiving dinner with my family on Zoom. I Zoomed in for half an hour where they all met. I haven't seen people in a year because I can't go back to Canada where I'm from. I moved to America a year ago with a backpack. A bat. I moved here with a backpack and I put my stuff in a storage locker in Canada. And I said, when I get a place, I'm going to go back and get my car and get my storage locker. I haven't seen my friends. You know, I have my friend Danny's here, but for the most part, my, I'm 35 years old. My friends that I've had my entire life that I've seen all the time, I haven't seen them in a year. And eventually, at first you start, you know, you talk and all the time, but you kind of eventually fade away. And it's like, because I haven't seen them. So I haven't seen these people in a year. My, you know, it's not like at the end of the world, but it all combines. My family is doing a Zoom. They're, they're doing Thanksgiving. Everyone's there. And then they, I Zoom in to say hi or whatever. I get off the phone. I'm like, what, what are we doing here? What the, what is this? I wanted to go on a trip. You can't go on a trip. I'm like, what is this? I, you know, I have like a following. I can't tour like normally because it's all half capacity. It's like I moved to America to do comedy. I go, for what? The, the, the damage that is being done. I'm watching people. Two years or a year, whatever the amount is, this is wreaking havoc on people's brains. Damage that's not going to be able to be reversed. And we are going to look back at this as like mayhem. And that's why I think people see Trump sometimes. And he says, you know, he kind of lies and stuff like that. He goes up and he goes, kids are immune to quarantine. He said some version of children. Are, and listen, I know he's the mis- most misquoted men in the history of the universe. But, I'm, but he does say things like he said that children are essentially immune to quarantine. And what, there is some truth to that that they can't really die from it or whatever. But obviously on the other side, what they're arguing is that if the kids get it, uh, they'll give it to the parents. Or what, but it doesn't matter. My point is, th- I was trying to explain to them, it's like the reason why people like Trump getting rid of fucking diversity training, getting rid of this stuff, it's like because you can't negotiate with these people. I go, have you ever talked to these people? There's, there's a lot of people that want to have a nuanced thing. They don't realize it's war. So they want to have these nuanced perspectives when they go, well, I think this and this. And you go, that is over. You can't have, (laughs) you cannot win with these people. So I got a little grumpy. Started thinking, not grumpy. It's funny too, because I was telling a chick and she was like, I'm sorry that you're sad. I go, I'm not sad. I'm angry. (laughs) Like I wasn't sitting there like depressed or feeling bad for myself. I was sitting there thinking like these, These idiots. They're ruining everything. (laughs) You want to know how these people are more racist? I'll tell you a perfect example. That was, I was, you know, I've had this conversation a hundred fucking times since I moved here. I talked about it, but I'm going to have a new point on it. When I moved here, I'll tell people that, you know, I immigrated here and they all say, no, you didn't. You're not an immigrant. Two people said that to me this week, one on Instagram and one in real life. They said, no, you're not an immigrant. And I go, but I am. It took me three years to get my thing. I've, I paid a bunch of money. I went through immigration. 
How am I not an immigrant? And they're, what they mean is you're not an immigrant because you're white. Because when they think of the word immigrant, they think of someone who is not white. Just break that down for a second. The word immigrant to them, they think that I am higher than that. That's how they think. Because I'm white, I am higher than that. No, no, no. An immigrant's this like low, you know, person of color thing. You're white. You're above that. So it's different for you. Think about that. That's how they, the reason I'm not an immigrant to them is because in their mind, I am higher than that. I don't have to be classified an immigrant because I'm a white person. Even though I did all of the immigration, I did 400 page package or whatever it was, but I'm not an immigrant because I'm white. Do you know fucking racist? I don't see that. If I see someone that move, I don't see people like that. That is how they operate. They want to change the definition of the word immigrant to be like someone who immigrated to America who isn't white. Even though did all that stuff and moved here, had to fucking literally become successful in a country that gaslights you at every step of the way. Literally, it's, it's the equivalent of, you know, you, you kind of, uh, which is what I'm saying in your job. That's why I move if you have that thing. But it's literally the thing where you go, you, you thought you were the best candidate for a job and then you leave and you go, what the fuck? I killed it. Like, there's no, I know this industry. Who was better than me? And you find out it was like the boss's best friend's son. That's, that's all of Canada. That's the whole industry is just gaslight you every step of the way. And there's many industries that are like that. I'm thinking for Halloween, I'm going to be an immigrant in a cage. What do you guys think? <laughs> I'm going to put a cage and I'm going to go, despite all my rage, I'm still immigrant in a cage. And then they'll say, that is racist that you're an immigrant in a cage. And I say, why is that racist? Please explain to me why it is racist that an immigrant is an immigrant in a cage. And they go, because it's immigrants are that's happening to them. I go, yeah. And as an immigrant, I'm against this. I don't think you should talk on this issue. Immigrant in a cage, new Halloween costume. Just because I am mocked as a Canadian, constantly mocked for my accent. <laughs> Every comment. Just because I, because Americans say sorry and I never apologize. That's how I live my life. My my Canadian accent that you guys say sorry and I say go fuck yourself. And that's who I live and I have to constantly be paying the price. So they want to take over words and they want to take over comedy and they want to take over at universities and your job and they're terrorists that can't be negotiated with. But that doesn't mean that every single time is someone trying to get canceled. I don't think people were mad about Bill Burr. I think people liked it. Doesn't mean there's not funny things. Doesn't mean their tweets weren't funny. But that wasn't a cabal. That was there's six billion people in the world and four of them you know, with the remote following, didn't like it. I'll tell you what's funny. My friend Lou Perez posted this, the guy who did We the Internet. And basically, this is what <laughs> this is what girls want men to be like. There's a photo, and this is like a this wasn't just some Joe Blow, some big, you know, big blogger that has a big following. And they said they posted a photo of three guys on a bed together. 
black dudes and they're combing each other's hair and it says if we got rid of this stigma of everything men doing being gay then we wouldn't have as big of a toxic masculinity problem why can girls kick it and have sleepovers but men can't other people's opinions don't change who you are grown men doing each other's hair in underwear on a bed is what they want there's literally a picture of three guys. One's on the ground and this guy's braiding his hair and the other guy's holding a joint up to the other guy's mouth. <laughs> That's what they want. Gay men on a bed. No, I don't want to do that. Yeah, first of all, we had sleepovers when we were fucking 14. And we mostly just fought and wrestled and then snuck out of the house and egged people. No, we didn't cuddle like chicks. This is the thing. It's like, I don't see that and be like, I don't see girls hanging out, cuddling, and being like, oh, if only I see that and I say, I yuck, glad I'm a dude. Way better. Dudes rule. Gay guys on a bed. <laughs> We'd have less toxic masculinity if, you know, truck driver Chuck and Dan, who works down at the plant, could do each other's hair. They could put gel, like dippity-doo gel on each other's hair in the bed. The world that they want to live in. No, we don't want to be chicks. This is what they can't just say. Why don't you guys just do that? No, people are too manly because they don't do each other's hair. We don't want to do each other's hair. No one wants that. Everything is performative and everything is about attention, being a victim, all of it. No, we don't want those things. Son, another one. As a black woman, having to choose between the gym and your hair is frustrating. Something white people will never express. I had long curly hair forever and it was a thing. You're not the only people with black hair. It's not the only people with curly hair. It's just like everything. This should be, and I think someone said some version of it, but basically there was a point, it might've been Metzger, but there was a point where women like the truth is the reason you get like a husband or a uh, fucking boyfriend is because you get to complain to him you get to waste your complaining now they get to aggregate and put their complaining over all the men you know so i'll put it i'll outsource my complaining and annoyings to all men all over the place no one wants to hear this but your boyfriend has to hear it they, but they don't realize that. They, they, he got to hear it. Now I don't need a boyfriend. Yes, you did, because you needed someone to listen to your nonsense. <laughs> it's half the reason. You know, and there's probably some benefits of having a girlfriend, too. I don't know. I can't think of any other top of my head, but there's probably some. <laughs> this is, some things, it's like, it's just getting creepy, too. I don't know if you saw, like, Chrissy Teigen, and she's, which I guess she always likes my videos every now and then. I go, what is she up to? I, every time I see someone like that, I go, what are you up to? She's been John Legend's wife. You know, I made fun of him in my video. And they go, so, and I'm going to, I actually am not this type of person that would, you know, someone had a miscarriage and you like, yeah, I don't, you know, whatever, that sucks, you know. But she posted a photo right after the miscarriage on the bed and then a photo crying in the car. And you go, what is this world? Can you imagine a scenario where something really bad like that happened to you? Something really bad, like your dick got cut off and your first instinct is get the camera. And then you get, uh, you know, show, show me that photo, is it good? 
it's just bizarre. It's it's a it's a different world. That hap- your dad dies, and then like immediately you're like get the get the, get the, get the, get the in the hospital bed, and I go, this is weird. This is strange. <laughs> this is strange. Yeah, you're in the hospital, and the doctor comes in and he goes, you know, the kid didn't make it, and you go, can you hold this for me? It is strange, right? You'd think that wouldn't be on your mind. Something that happens, I think the last thing to be on my mind was the gram. Do it all for the gram. <laughs> That's not the same as the social justice stuff, but it's like, it's like it kind of goes back to this thing where it's like, this is the same person that's going to like, you know, say that, you know, I'm so for helping people and trying to make the world a better place. And it's like, you're, you're like, got something else going on. I don't know exactly what it is, but you got something else going on. Now, this was a bit of a lower key podcast because this is, this is a topic that I wanted to try to get right. And hopefully I did. Hopefully I got my thesis across. I have an idea. The political spectrum thing. If you ever seen the political compass, there's a test and it's drive me crazy. I think it's all bullshit. And I'm considering doing an episode dissecting the entire thing and why it's fake from the get go. It doesn't make sense. It's inherently by all that stuff. If that's something you'd want want to hear, comment on below. Tell me that. Tell me if that's something that you'd want me to talk about because I was thinking about doing next episode on that. Hopefully, I got that right and you get my point. Don't you can't fake the outrage because that's what fucking they do. People weren't mad about Bill Burr for the most part. I think people just thought it was funny. I've yet to meet someone in real life. Do real life. That should be your pulse, you know. So. That being said, this has been the boys cast. Tell a fucking friend as long as it's a dude. Thank you, everybody. I am Ryan Long. Peace. Oh.